Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. But let's get busy now with something I bet you never thought you'd hear. There's an explosion of disc golf in New Zealand. Now, I could say frisbee golf, but you're not allowed to say frisbee anymore. And did you know there are some 20,000 New Zealanders flying discs around the country? And it's a genuinely serious sport. There are leagues around the world, world championships, major sponsorship money. There's one gun player, I think he's called Paul Macbeth. Uh, he's, he signed a sponsorship there with $10 million. He's like, he's like the, the, the good guy. Yeah, the best guy. But the man who brought disc golf into New Zealand is the godfather of disc golf. He's a good buddy too. You might you might know the voice because he's got a beautiful radio voice and he works on radio. And that's Bob Gentle. Good afternoon to you, Godfather. <laughs> Stephen, good afternoon. All good in your world? Yeah, mate. You too, I bet it's just you're fizzing when you when you hear numbers like that playing disc golf. What year? Did you bring disc golf into this country, and why? Uh, um, it's funny, really. It goes back a long way for me, back to the 60s when I was throwing the Lincoln Frisbees that they used to make in New Zealand. Uh, it turned out illegally, but it's another story. But um, I've always loved just playing Frisbee, and we invented games and things. And then in the late 70s, I was doing a yacht delivery from New Zealand to the U.S., and we were in Hawaii for a few months while we were working on the boat and holidaying, I suppose. And I heard an ad on the radio saying that the Hawaiian uh, Frisbee, as, they were, as it was in those days, championships were happening at uh, Konopali Park or whatever it was along the beach that weekend. And I thought, oh, organised Frisbee events? So I went along and found out about what was in those days, as you say, the, the International Frisbee Association, the IFA. But of course, Frisbee was a, a brand name that Wemo owned. And in all those competitions, you threw frisbees because that's all there was. But soon after, of course, people started making frisbees or flying discs, as they were known nowadays. And so uh, I discovered that in, in the late 70s and came back to New Zealand. And I had a bunch of people that I knew who were really, really keen on just chucking the frisbee and making up our own games. But, of course, I'd found out about all the organised competitions. So we set up what was, in those days, the uh, NZFA, the New Zealand Frisbee Association, which has since become the New Zealand Flying Disc Association. So next year, in Wellington, in March of next year, we're holding our 43rd National New Zealand Disc Golf Championships. And you, will be pl- you have played in every one? 
I can't go. I can't not go now. Hey, I can't not go. I just I, I love the sport so much, but I play for fun now. I'm sort of past competing. Uh, although um, I'm planning on going to the US for, for my first year as what they call a legend. It's funny in our sport, the older you get, the better you sound. You're you're a player. You're an open player. <laughs> then then you're a master. Then you're a grandmaster. And then when you hit seventy, you're a legend. And so you're not I, you're not seventy, hit, are you? But, no, not quite, not quite. Gosh, That's all right. you still look young. But yeah, no, I'll be there in Wellington. I, I haven't missed one. I haven't missed one yet since 1979, so this will be my 43rd New Zealand Championships uh, non-stop. Have you, ever, have, have, you ever, have you ever won it? Uh, yeah, numerous times. Numerous times. Yeah, I, I won it uh, consistently in the early in the early years. I think it's the only reason I won it. I, I ran it. I ran it just to win it. <laughs> but I tell you what, it does my it does <laughs> it does my heart proud when I look at what's happening uh, around the country now and, and and around the world. Because in your intro, you did right. It's become a deadly serious sport. It got recognised a few years ago by the. Um, the Olympic organisation um, as, as a, uh, an Olympic sport that can now be run. It's just up to whoever runs each Olympics, whether they run it or not. Uh, it was at World Games in 2000 and has been a part of World Games ever since and we represented New Zealand and Japan in uh, 2003, I think, was was the World Games as well. But it's just got totally serious all of a sudden. It's professional in Japan, it's professional in the US and uh, Europe as well. Yeah. So there's four professional leagues around the world where people are making a decent living now, yep. uh, albeit most of it from sponsorship for, as you pointed out, uh, Paul McBeth's uh, $10 million deal over 10 years with Discraft, one of, the, one of the disc manufacturers, but that's pretty spectacular. But it does my heart proud because finally we've got to the stage in New Zealand now where city councils are phoning us going, shit, um, Tim Maroon's got a disc golf course, we need to put one on Omaru. Um, shit, oh. we, need, we need a, oh. a disc golf course, who do we talk to, you know? Really? It's finally uh, happening. Well, that, that, and not only that, but all golf courses are looking at uh, also making money out of it as well because it can work quite happily on a ball golf course because we don't need prepared greens or, or mowing fairways, you know. A couple of sheep that, can look that's fa- that is fascinating. But what's even more fascinating, and and, and having a look at this, I didn't realise that you have to have, if you're playing seriously, different types of discs, which are pretty much named after like golf clubs. You can have a driver, you can have a putter. Yep. So, so tell me, how does that work? Are, are they sized differently, weighted differently? Uh, in most cases, it's all about the the bevel of the edge. Uh, like a, a quite a beveled edge disc. Normally, it would be would be your driver. In fact, hundred times out of hundred, be your driver off the tee, um, and they're rated by stability. So, if you're a beginning, not not getting a lot of whip on your disc, you'd have an understable disc or an overstable disc. So, you'd have uh, uh, two or three drivers in your bag. Some designed to go a long way and fade to the right. Some designed to hold their line, and some designed to go a long way and fade to the left. Um, uh, the opposite, opposite uh, if it's the opposite spin, of course, if you're left-handed. Um, then you have your mid-range, so you have your fairway driver, which is not quite as beveled and is a bit more accurate to throw. So you, it won't go as far as a beveled edge driver, but it's for your upshots or your, your, your fairway drives. Mm. And then you have your putter approach disc, which is a, a more rounded edge disc, a bit more like mm. your standard throw-and-catch frisbee, um, not, a, not as light. Um, the... Most golf discs, most guys are throwing around 170 to 175 grams. 
um, you can get them down to 150 in fact in Japan uh, I think they just changed the law but when they bought in disc golf there it got so popular in the parks um, they were worried about the heavier discs hurting somebody so they limited the, the, the flight of the, the, the weight of the discs rather to 150 grams so, so for me if it's like golf in golf it's about the swing but for you it's in the way it's thrown is there a proper way to throw a disc and hold a disc um, it, people, people hold them quite differently but the biggest thing that everybody needs I see people on the beach and they're going oh I can't throw a disc I can't throw a disc A make sure it's a disc not a pop plant holder <laughs> um, if you go to the general shop or the warehouse you're buying something that stops the pop plant from really weeing on the carpet that's what that's for <laughs> but, but make sure you get A, a decent disc, and B, and this is the crucial one, it's not about how hard you throw a frisbee, it's about what we call in the industry the Z's, or the spin you put on it that makes it fly. So when you watch a good frisbee throw, throw that looks like they're not putting a lot of effort in, but they're whipping it at the end of their throw, so it's spinning really fast. As long as it's spinning, it'll fly. Okay, so the other thing, and I and I, I was saying to Sam, my producer, I said it's all in the wrist. Is it all in the wrist? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It's all in the wrist. I mean, make, like I'm I'm a big guy, and I go a bull of the gate, and I stand inside my son, who's bloody slight little guy, and he out outthrow me by twenty meters because he's just got the technique. You know what we haven't asked. What what got you into? What fascinated you about frisbees that it became a lifelong passion? Uh, it has been a lifelong passion too. Funny enough, I'm just um, a, a few friends have put pressure on me to to write some history of New Zealand frisbee, and I thought, yeah, I should I, I should do that. Yeah, uh, as they pointed out. So I've been I've been around longer than most of them, but um, I don't know. I could, as far as I can remember back. Um, I, I guess initially, for a solo mum with four boys, it was cheap entertainment. We always had in the back of the Morris 1100 uh, a frisbee. And when we went to the park or the beach, the frisbee came out and we chucked frisbee. That's what we did. You know, we had balls and all the rest of it as well. But I just, there was something about the flight of that bit of plastic through the air that just caught my imagination. It just, I, I enjoyed it. And I looked at, you know, as soon as you sort of can throw and catch, like most people, you start going, well, let me try a tricky catch behind the back or under my legs or mm. jump in the air or whatever. And it sort of just, it went from there. And, I, and when I found out, as I say, in the late 70s about the um, organised Frisbee events and things, boy, boy, that changed that changed my world. Did, 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 were, you, were you mocked early in this country? You know how we like to knock people, the old tall poppy thing, you know, when you were being serious and getting it, getting it going. Where, did people mock you and say, what the heck are you doing? Uh, no, not really. Not really. Um, I think if people, you know, when people stand and watch, like I live on, on by Takapuna Beach and I'm down there pretty much every day throwing frisbee, and the amount of people that come along go, "Whoa! Didn't know you could do that with a frisbee." You know, <laughs> we just play throw and catch on the beach, and we're standing 80 meters apart, and we'll throw it literally to the hand. Uh, Fifty odd courses already in the country. That that is when you think about that, and and even in terms of golf courses, that's a lot of courses. How is it as big as a golf course when we talk meters? Uh, no, 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 it's not. Um, the other thing is, it's easy to put in. It can go into public parks and working with everybody else. Because as I was saying earlier on, you mm. don't need mowing the fairways. Okay. You don't need prepared greens and things like that. Because we mark the disc. You put the, put a marker down where you land, and your foot's got to be behind there for your next shot. 
and you throw throw from there. So it doesn't matter if it's a bit of long grass or um, you know whatever. And so that that's why it's growing so fast because it fits into parks that are all existing around the place. You know, like in Auckland, there's a great little nine hole course in Henderson Park. Um, it's also got playing fields and stuff in the middle, but we don't need the playing fields. We want to go around the trees and around the bank and through the through the wooded areas. But the holes average from probably 60 or 70 metres to 250 metres. Um, top top throwers now are th- throwing drives on, a, on an open fairway uh, regularly, 150, 160 metres. Oh my goodness, that's huge. That's, I mean, is there a standard par for the course? Like, like, like it's a 72 par or, you know, the, the courses you yep, on your 18 yep, holders? Yep, yep. Every course, yeah. Yeah, we have a New Zealand tour, which which actually started with like five events back in 2000, and now there's something like 25 events, I think, and they're all rated at different different levels for different points. And everybody that plays on this tour gets gets points awarded to them for what event you play. And um, at the end of the year, the top um, 24 or whatever it is get invited to play in the New Zealand Match Play Champs, which is another another great event. But there's events all over all over the country, but. Um, most of the courses are uh, in, in public parks that are free to play, so that's the other plus about it, and the cost of a, of a frisbee as well. I mean, you can you can play with one frisbee. I, I sell frisbees, and I and um, a lot of people go, "Oh, what, what do I get?" I'll, I'll sell them a, a fairway driver that, that will double up as a, an approach and a, and a, and yeah. a putter as well. So you can go out there with one twenty dollar disc or eighteen dollar disc. But w- once you've been to it, you'll realize, you'll realize, oh, actually, I want to have a, a disc like that guy's got this. <laughs> <laughs> where's yeah, the, I need to do this or do that. Where's the best play, place for people to go and buy discs then? Um, online? online? A lot of, lot of disc lot of disc sales online, discolf.co.nz. Um, and also, um, if you want to buy a pack, the New Zealand company, uh, RPM Discs, make world standard discs. RPM. Uh, yeah, RPM. Um, that's the name of the company, and they've been manufacturing discs in New Zealand now since the 80s. But uh, so it's been under new management for the last 10 years or so, and and they've just pushed it way past the boundary. In fact, they're they're sending container loads all around the world, which is just fantastic. But they also sell their starter packs and discs through Rebel Sport as well. Oh, brilliant! Hey, Bob, it's so I'm fascinated. It's been fascinating talking to you. I didn't realise that the explosion was as great. There was even a tour. But uh, good luck for tournament number. Four. Forty-three, um, you know. Uh, yeah. You don't don't hurt your elbow because I'm sure that has some to play. And you know, you're not as young as you were, as you said. But uh, a happy Christmas. Be safe. And uh, if I'm ever on Takaburna Beach and I see you at the other end, I'll be I'll be head down and just make sure I don't get clocked by one. <laughs> no, never fear, never fear. All right, Merry Christmas. Uh, really nice chatting to you. Yeah, you're welcome, Bob. Appreciate that, Bob Gentle, the Godfather of disc golf in New Zealand.